Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Monday morning here on Ave Maria Radio EWTN. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, host of Epiphany, filling in for Teresa Tamio this morning on Monday, August 14th, on the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe, beatified in 1971 by Pope Paul VI and was canonized in 1982 by Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II. He's the patron saint of drug addicts, people with eating disorders, families, journalists, and amateur radio operators, prisoners, and the pro-life movement. And uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, if you don't know the story, in 1941, he was arrested and sent to Auschwitz, where in a terrible circumstances, he continued to work as a priest and offer solace to fellow inmates. When the Nazi guard selected 10 people to be starved to death and punishment, Kolbe volunteered to die in the place of a stranger, a man who was a young father who was crying to be spared of his life so he can raise his children. And he was later canonized as a martyr. And when he was canonized by Pope John Paul II, the survivor was there at the canonization. I got chills when uh, Steve Ray was telling the story uh, to us here on Catholic Connection. It was just, a, it's a beautiful story. I have a devotion to Maximilian Colby as a, a fellow journalist and somebody in radio, and we asked him to pray for us. And as the patron saint to the pro-life movement, we're actually going to be talking and asking for intercessory prayer uh, for what's going on in the country. Uh, we know when it comes to abortion. And later in the show today, Deborah Borcato will be joining us, legislative consultant for the Maryland Right to Life. And it's clear that pregnancy centers across the nation are in the crosshairs of the abortion lobbyists. And, and the Maryland Right to Life, they're hard at work to strategize with the pro-life coalition allies and national right to life leadership to prepare for the greatest battle in Maryland, the so-called right to reproductive freedom of abortion amendment that will be on the ballot in November and have passed the constitutional amendment will enshrine a legal right to abortion through birth in Maryland, which we have in the state of Michigan, thanks to Proposal 3 and so much more, including uh, taking away parental consent for a lot of these issues when it comes to uh, hormonal therapy, transgender therapy. Uh, that parents have lost their rights in the state of Michigan. It's very scary. This would make it impossible in Maryland to put into place any legislative restrictions in the future and most assuredly have a chilling effect on the future pregnancy centers who did so much for women and children in a crisis. This is this is an alarm that should be sounded all across the, the country. And, um, you know, and people need to realize what's going on. And like I was talking earlier, this is so important that we share this information on Catholic radio because unfortunately these stories are not being told and the, the level that they should be told in the secular media with a balanced story, both sides of the story, digging deep and what this really means uh, to um, citizens, you know, and what it really means in terms of the pro-life movement and abortion. I mean, allowing to kill babies up into birth. Most people who even are pro-choice don't agree with 
you know, aborting a baby up until birth and taking away parental rights and parental consent for a lot of these issues. But they're not reading the details of these bills and they're not understanding what's happening. And that's a large part of because the media is not covering these stories at the level that they should. And so they're keeping people ignorant and in the dark. And this is what happens. So I really encourage you when you hear interviews like this to share them with your friends and family, especially if you're in a state like Maryland where these issues are going to end up on the ballot. We have have to educate ourselves and what's happening and we're going to end up with these amendments to our constitutions like we have here in the state of Michigan that really changes um the constitution it's very hard to go back and we we lost parental rights and consent on a lot of issues in the state of Michigan and we have abortion on demand up until birth in the state of Michigan it's very scary what's happening and and it goes back to the whole point of when we have the conversations when we take God out of the equation this is where what we end up with. So Deborah Bercato will be joining us here today. But before that, Sister Mary Ann Fatula will be joining us. She is the author of the book, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist Insights of the Saints. And she has a um, wonderful breakdown of this book. I'm really excited to talk with her about that. And she talks about church fathers, the mysteries of the faith, St. John Chrysostom, uh, the mysteries of tenderness, St. Thomas Aquinas, sweet sacrament of love, St. Catherine of Siena and St. Teresa of Avila, the power of blood, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and St. John Henry Newman, longing for the Lord in the Eucharist, St. Therese of Lisieux and St. Gian Vianney, the grift of the frequent Holy Communion, St. Alphonsus Ligori and St. John Paul II, adoring the Lord in the Eucharist. So we'll be talking with her about the Eucharist and the saints and what they've taught us and the power of the Eucharist. And I, w- I was I texted my sisters and my husband when I was up uh, in part of northern Michigan, northwest Michigan. I was in Holland in, in Saugatuck. And <clears throat> no matter where I am, I always look for a church to go to. My, my daughter was joking with her friend. She goes, my mom will find a church anywhere, a Catholic mass, anywhere we are. I She goes, she found a Catholic mass on the beach in Aruba. And I did. And I will find <laughs> find a mass, Catholic mass to attend. And I was really excited because I actually had the wine for the first time since COVID at this church in uh, Holland, Michigan. And because most of the churches in our diocese here are not serving the wine still. They don't even dip the Eucharist in the wine, which is it's kind of a bummer. I wish they did. But I was really excited because I actually had, I was able to have the wine over the weekend for the first time since COVID. So my my point is um <clears throat> i don't even know where i was going with that for the first oh the power of the eucharist and uh the importance of you know bringing god back into our families and you know and, and participating in church we know that uh masses are not attended at the level of pre covid you know people are still not returning back to mass which is very sad and actually tragic and we have to encourage each other you know, invite your friends to mass. I don't even care if you have to invite them to lunch to get them to go to church, you know, after or breakfast before, whatever it may be. But let's get our family and friends back to church, back to mass and to participate in the Eucharist. It, there's, it's, it's a powerful prayer. And I offer my Eucharist up every time I take the Eucharist for other people, for people who have hurt me, for tragedies going on in the world. Lately, I've been offering it up for our political leaders because those who are the people that are bothering uh, me the most. And um, 
really it's tragic of what's happening in our country today. So we have to pray for our leadership and that we have uh, uh, we have good and righteous and just leaders who take control. And we pray for those who are leading our country in a horrible direction. We have to bring God back and the faith back. And it starts with our own families. It is eight minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. And now it's time for the news. So a brief overview of some of the temperatures across the country today in Boston, a high of 70 degrees and mostly cloudy skies, 72 in Chicago, cloudy skies uh, in, in Manhattan, 74, New York, 74, Phoenix, Arizona, a high of 84, San Antonio, a high of 79, San Jose, 69, the Bronx, 72, Washington, 74, San Diego, only 68 degrees there in Los Angeles, down to 67. Houston, Texas, 82. Dallas, 87. And Brooklyn, New York, a high of 75 degrees. A Hawaii congresswoman who represents Maui is calling the apparent siren failure during the wildfires tragic. Speaking on CBS Face the Nation, Jill Takuda called the sirens the first of line of defense. Takuda said they tested at the beginning of each month, and if they and any don't blare, they get fixed. She added that electricity outages and lack of cell phone coverage in some areas also contributed to so many people not getting warning signals about the fires. The director of the Federal Emergency Management Agency says Hawaii's wildfires are like a scene from a movie. It's absolutely heartbreaking to just see an entire community that is no longer there. Speaking from Maui on CBS Face the Nation, the FEMA director, Deanna uh, Griswell, said one of the most shocking scenes was all of the abandoned cars in a resort town that likely belonged to people who jumped into the water to escape the fire. Griswell noted that one of the challenges in the search and recovery effort is having to determine if a structure is stable enough to be searched. She said that in many areas, buildings were completely destroyed or only partially standing. The search continues for a Virginia inmate on the run. Richard Sterling has details. A search is underway to find an escaped inmate in Henrico County. The Virginia Department of Corrections says an inmate from the Greensville Correctional Center escaped Saturday from Bon Secours. St. Mary's Hospital. 21-year-old Nassim Rulak is serving 13 years for charges that include aggravated malicious wounding. Separately, another inmate is back in custody this morning after leaving the Amherst County Adult Center over the weekend. I'm Richard Stelling. The chair of the House of Foreign Affairs Committee is criticizing President Biden's deal with Iran to free five American prisoners. Six billion dollars that now is going to go into Iran and prop up their proxy war terror operations, and their nuclear bomb aspirations. Texas Republican Congressman Michael McCall said on Fox News Sunday that he also disagreed with former President Obama in 2016 when the U.S. paid $400 million in the Iran nuclear deal. McCall made it clear he wants the Americans to be freed. Eight people are injured after a mass shooting in downtown Memphis. Police say it happened around 2.30 yesterday morning. The victims are between the ages of 19 and 54 and were injured after dozens of gunshots were fired into a crowd. No suspect information has been given. The investigation 
investigation is ongoing. A fire at the Boys and Girls Club in Muskegon is being investigated as being intentionally set Saturday morning. CEO Monica Turnbull says there is smoke and soot damage in the entire building after firefighters put out several fires in the building, which is under renovation. They would have had to break into the space as the site is secured for being under construction. I'm hoping that they're able to uh, come forward. No arrests have been made. A Nebraska judge is ruling in favor of abortion and so-called gender-affirming care bans. The state passed the bans back in May, combining both bans together in a last-minute decision. Planned Parenthood challenged the bill, arguing it violated state law that doesn't allow bills with more than one subject. Planned Parenthood released a statement saying it plans to appeal the ruling soon. The NYPD is looking for the vandal who scribbled anti-Semitic graffiti on a Manhattan synagogue's message board. Jonathan O'Halloran reports. Police say surveillance video shows the man walking up to the synagogue on East 85th Street on the Upper East Side Saturday night, taking out a marker and vandalizing the display screen located outside the synagogue. It's the second act of anti-Semitic violence on the block in the last year. Police say back in November, someone threw rocks at the windows of the yeshiva connected to this same synagogue. The NYPD Hate Crimes Task Force is investigating. Jonathan O'Halloran, New York. Former Vice President Mike Pence says he's ready to take on his former boss in the first Republican presidential debate. Pence told a Hill while in Iowa he's been preparing for this debate my whole life. It's still unclear if Pence will actually be sharing the stage with his former President Trump, who has yet to say whether he'll participate in the debate in Milwaukee on August 23rd. Barbie remains in the pink for the fourth straight week. Greta Gerwig's blockbuster sits atop the North American box office with an estimated weekend gross of $33.7 million. It surpassed the billion-dollar mark last week. Oppenheimer, which hit theaters the same week as Barbie, took in $18 million and jumped back into second place. It is 13 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. And when we come back, Sister Mary Ann Fatula will be joining us, author of the book, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist Insights of the Saints. We'll be right back after this. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God. What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. 
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Catholic Connection, Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio here. Very excited to talk with our next guest, Sister Mary Ann Fatula, author of the book, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist Insights of the Saints. And Sister, I was saying uh, earlier, I was in a church in Holland, Michigan, and I was I, I felt so excited and honored because I was able to partake in Holy Communion and receive the precious blood of Jesus. Oh. And I haven't had that since pre-COVID because so many ma- churches around here where I live are not offering the precious blood in, in Holy Communion. Yeah. And so uh, in some some churches do dip uh, the the the. Um, uh, our communion into the precious blood of Jesus, but I actually mm-hmm. got to receive it. And my daughter was excited too. My six year she goes, mom. Uh, and she was, she saw, she goes, mom, look. And I was like, I know I'm uh-huh. so excited. So I'm so excited uh-huh. to talk with you about the Holy Eucharist, the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, because to me, Amen. sister, that's the most powerful prayer. I offer my mm-hmm. Eucharist um, to those who have hurt me the most. So what inspired you, Sister Anne, uh, to write this book, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist, Insights of the Saints? Oh, yes. And Vanessa, before we start, I would really like to ask the Holy Spirit to anoint our conversation and to just uh, bless and touch the hearts of all those who might be listening, and especially on this uh, day that is the vigil of our Blessed Mother's Assumption that uh, the Holy Spirit may bless us all and also just give us a wonderful, uh, beautiful anointing that uh, draws our hearts to the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and that everything be in, in us for the Blessed Trinity's glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, so, amen. so um, I just, I, I do believe the Holy Spirit drew my heart to want to put together, draw together, first of all, for myself, the most beautiful, most tender, most deep writings of the most beautiful saints. But just, I, I wanted to have those to, to meditate upon. And and the more I read, the more my own heart was touched. And, and as you say, oh, especially by being drawn to the, the precious blood of Jesus and the power of his precious blood in our lives. And, and so that's really how the book began, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy to share this with other people. In this book, there are, um, it's the, the insights of the saints on the wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist, but they really are our friends because these beautiful, wonderful saints, we, we see them in the context of their own lives and how in every problem of their life and their own lives, they... They, they they drew their their lifeblood from the precious body and blood of the Lord and the Eucharist and and, and they they show us how privileged we are that we are at mass not simply remembering what the Lord did for us at the Last Supper <clears throat> at His crucifixion we are there 
Jesus himself at every Mass is celebrating, making present to us his Last Supper. He is feeding us with his precious body and blood. We are there at his crucifixion. And I don't know how St. Elizabeth Ann Seton said, before she became a Catholic, she said, if I believed what those dear souls Catholics believe, I don't think I would have a care in the world because every problem would be would be resolved, um, not that it would go away, but would, but would be resolved in the contentment, the peace, the sweetness, the strength, the power that we find in the physical presence of the Lord Jesus. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to talk on like here, but, but no, I, say, <laughs> I love how St. John uh, Chrysostom says, let us never envy the apostles who were blessed to physically be close to the Lord Jesus. And he, St. John Chrysostom says to us, you touch him, you see him, you eat him. In no way were the apostles more blessed than we are, he says. We are blessed with the same physical presence of Jesus, the Lord, as his blessed apostles were. And so why would we not run to him, be with him, take every opportunity to go to daily Mass that we could not only on Sundays, and to come early for Mass, to stay a bit after Mass, to to savor the sweetness and the power and strength of His physical presence with us. You know, and that's what I missed the most, Sister, during the COVID lockdowns, was not just participating in Mass in that fellowship, but truly not receiving the Holy Eucharist, the host, the yes. Holy Host in the oh, precious blood. My. That's what I yes. miss the most. Yes. Absolutely, because there's nothing more powerful on earth. I mean, we receive God the Son himself in his precious body and blood we receive uh, in us. And I love how St. Thomas Aquinas points out, well, really all the saints, but especially St. Thomas, that we we receive heaven, as as Therese herself says. We receive heaven uh, into our souls when we receive the Lord. But his presence stays, even even if the the, um, the actual sacramental presence uh, his, of his precious body and blood stay perhaps 10 to 15 minutes, he increases his sanctifying grace within us by which he makes our souls his home, his his heaven. So receiving him in the, in the most sacred sacrament of the Eucharist is, well, as uh, St. John Henry Newman said, I shall die. Without him, mm, mm. That, so, that is how much he's our precious. He is our life, I, and he says, this, "I I cannot live without him. I shall perish without his precious body and blood in the Eucharist." Wow. So, Sister, I want to go through some of the chapters, just kind of giving some overviews and before we take our first break. But you first start out with, the, you know, after the introduction, the Church's Fathers, the Mysteries of the Faith. Can you kind of give yes. us an overview of that? Yes. Well, I, I love how the Church Fathers, uh, and the, I mean, these are tremendous doctors of the teachers of the Church. Uh, I especially uh, honed in on St. Cyril of Jerusalem, who, uh, in teaching his own catechumens as a bishop, he taught his own catechumens about the mysteries of the Catholic faith, and especially about what happens at Mass. But also we have St. Leo, the great uh, uh, St. Augustine. Uh, the, these 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 were all bishops, and, and what they do is they, 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 again, stress what truly happens at Mass. This is not a remembrance. We are not there to remember 
what the Lord Jesus did for us. We are there truly at his Last Supper. And they they all tell us, please pray for the gift of faith to see with the eyes of faith, not with our physical eyes, but with the... And sometimes we even need to close our eyes so that... I do this all the time. I say, oh, Jesus, make me see what is truly happening here. I am present at your Last Supper. You you are feeding me with your most precious body and blood. And this church is filled with angels and the saints and all of heaven. We are surrounded. And these church fathers bring that home to heaven, bring that home to, to our hearts, so that we may begin to live in heaven uh, mm-hmm. as we receive the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and sister, in, in the next chapter with St. John Chrysostom, you talk about the mysteries of tenderness. Can you kind of share yes. with us that oh. overview? Yes. He was such a tender, tender man. And again, he's drawn by the tenderness of the Lord. He keeps on saying this. He says, how tender is the Lord. I love how he says that we ourselves are not satisfied with anything in terms of the presence of our loved ones. I would put it in modern terms. A phone call is fine, but nothing compares with holding our loved ones physically in our arms. And so what he says is how tender, how infinitely tender of the Lord Jesus to give us this physical comfort of his own physical presence. Um, and he says, he actually says this, lovers cannot get close enough to each other. And, you know, we know the saying where grandparents or parents will say to their children, you're sweet enough that I could eat you. <laughs> and, and, John <laughs> yeah. and John Christensen says, yes. And the Lord says, yes. Yes, amen to that. I want you to eat me. Yes, <laughs> and amen. <drink> me. <laughs> yes, yes, Sister Mary, and amen to that, Sister. Sister Mary Ann Fatula, author of The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist Insights of the Saints by Sophia Institute Press. We got to take a break. We're going to continue our conversation with Sister Mary Ann right after the break. Stay with us, everyone. Do you have a lonely brain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Loneliness, only enhanced during the pandemic, can actually help alter certain brain patterns, which can lead to various mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Your physical health can be challenged. Even with social media, loneliness is described as an epidemic. Loneliness can be complex, and there's a stigma associated with it. But mindfulness training, what you and I may call quiet and holy time, has been shown to combat loneliness. Pray more, breathe deeply, increase your list of friends, even force being more social. Don't be afraid to gather or appropriately touch others. A hug or a fist bump can signal that you are present with somebody. Let's not forget our priests and religious sisters and brothers. When was the last time you hugged your priest? If you sense somebody you know is lonely, ask them how you can help. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on the lonely brain at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live 
and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence, and in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. We're back here on Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denha Garmo filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. We're speaking about the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sister Marianne Fatulo, author of the book, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist, Insights of the Saints. And, you know, Sister Marianne, I was talking earlier that unfortunately mass attendance is not where it was at pre-COVID. And I just, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm heartbroken for all my brothers and sisters in, in, in the faith who are missing out on this the most powerful prayer that we can pray in receiving the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. I miss the Eucharist more than anything during that time, the COVID shutdown. So Mm -hmm. can you speak to our listeners? We need to get back to church. We need to get back to mass Mm -hmm. to participate in the Holy Eucharist, this wonderful, the amazing sacrament that our faith gives us. Absolutely. And this is why, again, St. John Chrysostom, I mean, St. John Henry Newman would say, you know, you re- when the Lord says, you refuse to come to me that you may have life, he, he says, he says, why, why do you sit at home? You, you must come to, to be with him at Mass so that you can receive him physically. It's one thing to think about him and, 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 and tell him that you love him, but his physical presence is incomparable. And so I, I think that the, the, we must pray, and, and, and those who are listening, pray for the grace. It's a grace. Please get my loved ones back to church. Get me back to church, physically back to church. It, we, it's so easy for us to take the, the simpler, easier path. But I guarantee once we get, we, if we would just go once back to church, those of us maybe who haven't been to Mass in a while, the, 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 we would be drawn again. I mean, this, this, the Lord's presence and sweetness and strength. We, there's so many problems we have, so many things we struggle with. The answer is right with us. Saint, uh, uh, I, I love this saint, uh, Alphonsus Liguori says, if we would get back to receiving the Lord in the Eucharist, we would find the, the, the remedy for all of our problems. Not that they would go away, but the peace and the contentment, the strength, the inner sweetness and peace. We are so lacking in peace today. Our world is so troubled. And the answer is right there, but it takes a physical action on our part. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we easily go to movies and and, and whatever, but let us go to the Lord. And once we taste, we will say, Lord, I tasted you and you are sweet. You are powerful. You are strong. But it's a grace to be prayed for. Those for us to pray for others and pray for ourselves for that yeah. grace to, to get there. <laughs> You know, Sister Marian, I just wanted to share with a listener, for me, my own personal experience is that for years I've been offering up my Eucharist to those who have hurt me the most and the people in my personal life. Today, it's more public Uh figures. I'm so frustrated with the leadership in the country and the world today. So I offer my Uh Eucharist and I'm going to tell you and our listeners that has been 
the most powerful form of prayer for me because that has brought me such peace, you know, uh, in offering my Eucharist. And then what gives me the most clarity in life when I'm, you know, struggling with making decisions or where to go or what to do, that is done in in adoration for me. For me, adoration is giving me that clarity. So I, I, I can't tell my brothers and sisters more about how powerful the Eucharist is and receiving the body and blood and sitting in, in adoration uh, with our Lord. So, Sister, when you were writing this, um, and because you did so much research on the saints and included so many saints, how did it help you on your own faith journey? Oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I, the Lord gave me the grace. I, I grew up in a beautiful family, very devout Catholics, and from the day of my first Holy Communion, I have been privilege to to be able to go to mass really every day of my life and i'm now 80 (laughs) god bless you god bless you you have such amazing energy and joy i pray to god i sound like you at 80 god bless you you're very dear but these things honestly i i'm i'm brought to tears when i'm at mass i i i always try to come very early to just be in, in the Lord's presence. It has drawn me, I mean, I've always tried to spend, I'm so privileged as a sister, too, that, that we have a blessed sacrament in our homes, in our convent. Yes. But yet, this drawn me so powerfully. When I'm at Mass, I, I close my eyes and I say, Oh, sweet Jesus, you are here. I am privileged. You, you are letting me be present there. I am truly there at your Last Supper. I am there at your crucifixion, you yourself are going to give me your most precious body and blood. So the, 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 um, these saints have so, so deepened my love for the Mass, my love for the Lord and the Eucharist, and I, I keep on going back to them. They, they are the, the gifts that never stops giving. They keep, <laughs> you, you, you don't just read them and say, okay, that's enough, I read them. They draw you back because they're, they're so anointed by the Holy Spirit. And their, their their insights are so so sweet. They draw you to the sweetness of the Lord. And then when you taste the Lord's sweetness, as you, you say, uh, Vanessa, you have that peace, that contentment that the world cannot give us. That when we so need this today, uh, and that's all we need to do is just give the Lord a chance. <laughs> Let him get his toe in the door. <laughs> Amen. And once we taste yourself, say, Lord, you are sweet. How sweet is the Lord. And all the saints speak about this, especially I, I love St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She says that she had so many problems, her no friends, she had no money, her children, two of her children died. And yet she said when she became a Catholic, the sweetness, the contentment, the peace that filled her soul was unimaginable. And as you say, um, Vanessa, that, that is true for every one of us. We are mm-hmm. longing for that peace today, and there's only one place to go for it. Let us go to the Lord Jesus, uh, whose, whose peace is absolutely um, beyond all that we could uh, describe. You know, and Sister, in your book, we have a couple minutes left with you. You talk about St. Catherine of Siena and St. Therese of uh, Avila, yes. Teresa of Avila, and the power of the yes. Lord's precious blood, which unfortunately many churches and dioceses in America are still not offering the precious blood yes. of our Lord Jesus Christ in, in okay. Holy Communion, which makes me sad. Yes. But can you speak to what St. Catherine of Siena and St. Teresa of Avila shared with us uh-huh. about the power of the Lord's precious blood? 
Yes. And of course, I mean, even when we receive the Lord under the species of bread, we are still receiving all the Lord. So we receive his precious blood. But when we receive the precious blood of the Lord Jesus, uh, you know, under the, the, the physical sign, of the, the, we really taste his sweetness in our mouth. As Saint, uh, uh, Catherine of Siena so experienced in her life, the power of the precious blood, she, she says, let me drink you. And she, she says, because this blood that flowed down from the cross is, and, and before whom the demons must flee, the power of the precious blood of Jesus. And St. Thomas Aquinas, the fellow Dominican, said, one drop, O Lord, of your precious blood is enough to cleanse the entire world of all its guilt. But when we drink not just one drop of his blood, precious blood, but drink him, how, how powerful is that, that, uh, that strength that comes from the blood that has redeemed the entire world. And this is why St. Catherine of Siena will, will cry out, she'll say, regardless of whatever sins you have committed, reach out to the blood. I, I know I myself, I, I say all the time, oh, sweet Jesus, bathe me in your precious blood. Cover me with your precious blood. Because the, the, it's, so it's not only the sweetness, it's the power. She says, when, you know, when we drink in his precious blood, we drink him in so sweetly and tenderly. Let us know the power of that sweetness so, also. Sister. Thank you, Sister, Mar- Sister Mary Ann Fatula, for joining us here, author of The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist Insights by Sophia Institute Press. We'll be right back after the break. Why does marriage require complete fidelity between spouses? The Catholic Catechism states that the intimate union of marriage is a mutual self-giving of two persons ordered to the welfare of their children which requires that there be an unbreakable union between them. The deepest reason is found in the fidelity of Christ to his church. Through the sacrament of matrimony, the spouses are able to represent that fidelity and witness to it. For these reasons, the spouses can be nothing but completely faithful to one another. Marriage is such a deep, personal union of giving oneself to the other that it cannot, the Catechism asserts, be an arrangement until further notice. As difficult as it may seem to retain this indissolubility for a lifetime, it is made possible by God's irrevocable love in which the couple shares and which will support them through their marital journey. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Miracles are miracles because they're different than regular daily life. A miracle is a reminder that something beyond nature can act within nature. Miracles are meant to open our eyes that more is always going on than just the normal humdrum of the daily life. Miracles are supposed to make us realize that our moral choices are impacting an invisible world that once in a while breaks through into our workaday world. The Blessed Mother predicted the miracle of the Son, and she made it clear that she was using it as proof of the truth of her message. In other words, when the sun stops dancing and you get back to church, to work, to home, remember what's at stake when you pray the rosary. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
So pregnancy centers across the nation are in the crosshairs of the abortion lobbyists. And in Maryland, Right to Life, they're working hard, strategizing with the pro-life coalition allies and national right-life leadership to prepare for the greatest battle in Maryland. It's something that we faced here in Michigan where Proposal 3 unfortunately enshrined our Constitution amendment to enshrine legal right to abortion up until birth here in Michigan, and that's what they're facing in Maryland. And to talk with us about that is Deborah Bracado, the legislative consultant for the Maryland Right to Life. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. So tell us what's going on. Give our listeners an overview of what you're facing in Maryland, because I know we face something very similar here in Michigan. Okay, I want to set this up and um, explain to your listeners that abortion through birth for any reason has been legal in Maryland since 1991. So that and, and that time it was being done by a doctor. Then um, the Mental Health Access Initiative of 2021 was passed in Maryland. And what that did, it was uh, lowered the age to seek mental health care from age 16 to age 12 years old without parental consent. And in Maryland, both abortion and the surgeries for uh, the transgender uh, you know, treatment fall under mental health. Then we have in um, 2022, they passed the Abortion Care Access Act. Now, that biggest thing about that, it removed the physician requirement for abortion and allows anyone who is trained or certified by the state of Maryland to provide abortion, both chemical and surgical abortions. And that's whether or not they initially had a medical background or not. Now, abortion advocates used to say abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. This is no longer the case. Abortions are legal, but they are not rare, and the safety standards have been greatly diminished. So due to the Abortion Care Access Act, also every Maryland resident pays for abortions in Maryland. The next step in Maryland is the Reproductive Freedom Amendment. And what people need to understand, and this is happening in other states like Michigan, Vermont, and California, reproductive freedom is the new umbrella term used for abortion as well as the surgeries, which they call gender-affirming care. It's really gender-destroying care because it mutilates the genitals of the people who undergo the chemical treatment or the surgical treatment. But this is what they're using, and most um, voters are not understanding that. They're thinking only abortion. So this will be on the ballot in November of 2024 here in Maryland, and um, it will include um, abortion and anything that has to do with the reproductive portions of a person's body. So it's important for Maryland to understand that without this amendment in Maryland, abortion already is legal through birth for any reason. This amendment is, if passed, it will apply to children age 12 and up due to that mental health access initiative of 2021. Um, If the amendment is passed, also parental rights will be further eroded because, again, um, that mental health access initiative says that without parental consent, children can seek mental health care. So, and then again, any attempts to provide safety regulations or safety protocols for women and girls seeking abortions would be nearly impossible because of the language of the amendment. So, Deborah, did this include like what we have in Mer- Michigan, uh, parental consent going away, meaning, you know, if a child in Michigan goes to a school counselor and says, I think I should be a boy or I sh- should be a girl and they're born a boy, um, or vice versa, uh, uh, that teacher or that counselor can take the kid for hormone therapy or whatever without a parental consent. Is that the same thing that's going to go on your ballot? 
Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So it will be, are you for the amendment or against the amendment? And here's the language um, or will most likely be on the ballot. It says the proposed amendment confirms an individual's fundamental right to an individual's own reproductive liberty and provides the state may not directly or indirectly deny, burden, or abridge the right unless it's justified by a compelling state interest. So you see that they don't even use the term woman. So it's individual. So you know this is not just applying to women and girls who are the only ones who can seek an abortion. You know it must be talking about something else. And um, when they say this right may not be abridged, it's there are going to be arguments that it's discriminatory if, if you know, a child comes. But again, the mental health access initiative lowered the age of consent to go seek mental health care to age 12. And this also would um, extend to most like the use of the commercial use of human embryos. So what are, what are, what is the ask? What should uh, citizens of Maryland do? I mean, obviously what happened in here in the state of Michigan, Deborah, is that I truly believe that we just learned about proposal three. There wasn't enough time to get the word out. By the time people, the pro-life movement jumped on this, it just wasn't enough time. We needed a few more weeks. Do you feel like you've have enough time to educate people and, and share with them what's going on? Because we know that, you know, secular media doesn't cover this in the, in the level that it should. So we understand what's happening. Well, we know it's going to be an uphill battle. Therefore, we really do need a grassroots uh, operation going on. We're we're asking anyone and everyone to join our campaign, um, and they can contact Maryland Right to Life, go to the website and contact them to help us educate our fellow Marylanders about what this amendment actually does. So whether you are pro-life or pro-abortion, I'm I'm guessing that people who are pro-abortion still want to have some say-so in their children's lives. I imagine they still want a women's health care to be safe. So this amendment would really severely restrict any ability to set safety regulations. And in addition to that, you just um, you would want to uh, be able to have parental rights when it comes to your own child. You don't want people who do not have your children's best interests at heart, taking them to a mental uh, health care provider and introducing them to all these life-altering surgeries and drugs. Hmm. Um so what what um what's i know it's an uphill battle and it's a grassroots effort what is the ask today i mean do you need volunteers and what is the right to life maryland right to life need from the listeners today in maryland and maybe others to help out with this issue we we do need volunteers we need um we need time talent and treasure we need people to boldly be able to speak about um, this issue educate yourselves and they can do that by going to mdrtl.org. You can both find uh, lots of information about this issue on the website, as well as uh, a place where you can um, contact Maryland Right to Life and let them know that you'd be interested in helping out with educating our fellow Marylanders. So we need all kinds of people, people who would like to call into the radio stations, write um, op-eds for the newspapers, and also just spread the word in their communities through their churches and through other community organizations. So we're talking today here with uh, Deborah Bacato, legislative consultant for Maryland Right to Life. And I want to talk to you. I got to take a break, Deborah. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about what this really means to pregnancy centers across the nation. Uh, 
if this gets passed and what happened in Michigan, what does it mean to all of them in terms of what's going to happen to the work that they do and the care they give women? So we got to take a break here on Catholic Connection. We're going to continue with Deborah right after this. Stay with us, everyone. You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmidt, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmidt's comments, you'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, you'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the travel link. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. We're talking with Deborah Bracado today, legislative consultant from Maryland Right to Life. And Deborah, what? So if this gets passed, it's being voted on on the ballot in November. What does this mean to pregnancy centers across the nation? Well, we already see what is happening around the country where the uh, crisis pregnancy centers are being attacked. And they're laying out false claims that pregnancy centers give out. Uh, information that's a, a lie about abortions. As a person who did volunteer at a crisis pregnancy center for over eight years, I know that the information we gave to our clients was factual. And when we would describe uh, an abortion, it came straight from the medical textbooks. So we gave them full information. So they had full, um, uh, you know, information about their own pregnancy and what would happen if they carry their baby to term versus going to an abortion center and what that that does to their bodies and what actually happens during an abortion for whether it's a chemical abortion or a surgical abortion. So this, we we already see that they try and uh, squelch that speech and claim that it's uh, dishonest. So we know that they would go after the crisis pregnancy centers. It's also a real threat to, um, to medical providers in their conscious protections. Mm. So 
you know, and Deborah, in terms of the work that needs to be done, I know you talked about volunteers and obviously this vote. I mean, you talk about it being an up, uphill battle. What is needed? I mean, because we know we can't depend on the secular media, you know, in terms of getting this word out, in terms of the, what's going on in the pro-life movement, and even covering the balanced stories. I mean, we challenge with that all across the country. We've seen that time and time again. What would you like listeners to do? What can we do to help get the word out? Uh, well, we do things like what we're doing right now, having conversations on the radio. There are uh, radio stations that are willing to uh, interview people that have a different view on the issue. So people who are willing to call into the radio stations. I know here in Maryland, WCBM and WBAL, those talk radio stations, they could call in to that. So educate yourselves. Go to the Maryland Right to Life website. Make sure you read up on the information about the Reproductive Freedom Amendment and help spread the word, but also just have conversations with your friends and family to help them understand. You know, at living in Maryland, we know that most of our friends and family are uh, pro-choice, so it is good. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's still important to give people the information and listen to what they're saying to see if they uh, have the right information and understand what the issue is. So then you can explain the amendment to um, the people and what it would do, what voting for it would do. And again, explain that abortion is legal in Maryland through all nine months for any reason. There is no um, obstacle to abortion in Maryland. And this amendment, not passing it, will not change that. But passing it will actually take choices away from women. These crisis pregnancy centers are very important for women who want to have their babies. It would be nice if our Maryland legislature were passing legislation to protect motherhood and protect women who want to have their babies and provide funding for women who want to have their babies. Mm. What else would you like to share with our listeners here? What else do you want them to know in terms of what they need to know, what they can do? Um, just, uh, donating is very important. We will need money for billboards and for commercial ads and radio ads. Uh, the abortion lobby is going to be bringing people in from out of state and they will be spending a lot of money here in Maryland to get this passed. Governor Wes Moore is determined to make, uh, Maryland an abortion haven. So that means we will also be paying for abortions for those people traveling from out of state to come here and and do that. But we are also concerned about parental rights and what's happening to our children in schools with both regard to having an abortion or going and having these surgeries that will alter their bodies uh, for the rest of their lives. You know, and how often, Deborah, do you guys work across the country in terms of talking to, like, you know, do you talk to the Right to Life of Michigan folks here to talk about what happened with Proposal 3 and the work that you're doing? How collaborative are you across the country? There, there's a lot of collaboration. We understand that there's different um, environments in the different states, but definitely we speak on a regular basis to uh, pro-life groups in uh, the states across Uh, you know, all across the country and try and find out what their strategies are, what worked for them, what what didn't work for them. Uh, But we also have to pay attention to our own state and see what our fellow uh, Marylanders are interested in hearing, what they need to know. Um, Definitely in Vermont, the Reproductive Freedom Amendment passed by a large margin. Uh, We think Maryland is um, might be similar to that, but a little closer uh, 
the, I think the voting will be a little closer. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really key to talk to every person that we can and to get as many people involved in understanding this issue. I know that um, even though people who identify as pro-choice, they are interested in women getting the help they need. Um, I used to help with fundraising for crisis pregnancy centers, and many of our friends who identify as pro-choice always donated. They thought it was very important to help the poor women and girls in our state get the help that they need during a crisis pregnancy. Deborah, thank you so much for being with us. About a few seconds left. Any last words before we let you go? Uh, Just please uh, go to the Maryland Right to Life website, mdrtl.org, and donate and also sign up to volunteer. Thank you so much, Deborah, for joining us here on Catholic Connection and sharing all the work that you're doing with Maryland Right to Life. Deborah Bacato joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Great. Thanks for all of our guests for joining us here on Catholic Connection. It's a pleasure always to fill in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. She'll be back in her host here tomorrow. Steve Ray, popular Catholic convert, author, apologist, pilgrimage leader, and filmmaker, and author of Genesis, and of course, sister uh, Marianne Fatula joining us, and the author of the book, The Wonders of Mass and the Eucharist, Insights of the Saints. Thank you all for joining us and tuning in here. I am the host of Epiphany Heard on Ava Maria Radio at 12 noon Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Always a pleasure to sit in. For Teresa, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.